0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today.
1: Well, good morning everybody. C.S. Lewis said, you don't have a soul, you are a soul. You have a body. That's a pretty profound way to state a pretty self-evident truth, that there's a lot more to you than meets the eye. Like if I was gonna to get to know you, if I was gonna understand your essence, your identity, your personhood, I would need to know a lot more about you than how much you weigh, what you bench press in your IQ, correct? So let's continue down that line just a little bit. You're not primarily a physical person. You're a spiritual person wrapped in a physical body. And what's true about you is true about this world that we live in. This world is not primarily physical. We we live in a spiritual world wrapped in a physical dimension. I would suggest that that too is self-evident. There's these moments, certain times, certain place, certain situation, around a certain group of people, and something deep, deep down inside of you says... Something's off here. It just doesn't feel right. Or maybe just the opposite. Certain time, certain place, certain moment, situation with a certain group of people, and something deep down inside of you exalts, is joyful. Maybe you experienced just a few minutes ago as we sang together. Something about spiritual out there touches spiritual in here. Now, I bring that all up because... As a church, we're on this journey through the New Testament gospel of John, and we've arrived at John chapter 17. It's the fifth of five chapters that John devotes to describing the events that have come to be known as the Last Supper. So this is the last chapter of the Last Supper. The entire chapter, John chapter 17, is devoted to a prayer that Jesus prays. He finishes off the Last Supper with a prayer. This is the longest recorded prayer of Jesus in the entire Bible. It's a beautiful prayer, but I think if we look just a little bit deeper, we're going to see it more than just beautiful. We're going to see it inspirational and instructional also. So let me tell you this. When Jesus Christ, the Son of God, stepped into human history, he came fully God and fully man. In other words, when Jesus came, he had a spiritual mission and a physical mission. His spiritual mission, to put it simply, was salvation. That when Jesus died, he died to literally settle the score. Settle the score. If life is a battle and victory is perfection, what that means is that for you and me, we've incurred a deficit that we could never overcome on our own. If life is a battle and victory is perfection, we've incurred a deficit that we could never overcome on our own. That's why Jesus died. Jesus died to face the enemies that we could never defeat on our own. He faced darkness. He faced despair. He faced death. He took all my sin and all my shame and all my regret to the cross. All my sin, past, present, and future, gone, forgiven, He settled the score. He presents me righteous and perfect before my perfect heavenly father. And when Jesus rose again, he did it to seal the victory. That when Jesus stepped out of that empty tomb, Jesus lives and so I live too eternally. Eternal life starts now and stretches into forever. Jesus is fully God. He stepped into human history on a spiritual mission. He's also fully man. And he came with a physical mission too. And that physical mission was to set an example for you and me. What does life look like? It's interesting because we talked about the fact that John 17 is the longest recorded prayer of Jesus. But it's not the only prayer. If you read through the Gospels, Jesus is praying all the time he goes off by himself to pray. He prays in small groups, he prays with his disciples, he prays in public, he prays in private, he prays with very large groups. What I wanna suggest to you is that prayer is essential. Jesus prayed to receive strength and help from his heavenly father, but also to set an example for you and me. Prayer is essential. Prayer punches through the natural into the supernatural. Maybe I could put that just a little bit differently. Prayer takes us beyond the superficial into the spiritual. You see, I said earlier that you and me, we are spiritual creations wrapped in a physical body. We live in a spiritual world wrapped in a physical dimension. You know what can happen really easily? The next thing you know, we just live our lives on the surface. I, I live as if I'm a physical person living in a physical world. And and, and so what begins to happen is I look for physical solutions. I want peace, and so I look to my circumstances. I want hope, and so I look to my possessions. I want security, so I look to my bank account. I want to change, and so I look to my own strength. The problem with superficial solutions to spiritual problems is this. It, it, It doesn't work. We've all experienced that, right? We go, man, today's gonna be different. I'm gonna behave better. It's going to be awesome. And I don't know about you, but often my best intentions last, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes? What prayer does is it punches through the natural into the supernatural. What, What it does is it moves us beyond the superficial into the spiritual. In other words, when we pray, what we experience is, the Bible calls it a deep abiding peace. That goes beyond and deeper than our circumstances. A deep abiding joy, a deep abiding hope, a a deep abiding strength that is not superficial but is spiritual. How do we get there? Through prayer. And so what I want to do is I want to take this, the longest prayer, the longest recorded prayer of Jesus in the Bible, and I want to use it for three weeks because it kind of can be broken down into three sections. Section one of John 17, we see Jesus praying for himself. Section two of John 17, we see Jesus praying for his disciples. And section three of John 17, Jesus prays for those who will come to believe in him in the years and centuries to come. In other words, you and me. And so I want to talk about how we pray like Jesus. Today, I want to talk about what it means, what it looks like to pray for myself, to pray for myself. So let's be very clear here. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, prayed for himself so certainly you and I can pray for ourselves also. John 17, starting at verse 1. Raising his eyes in prayer, Jesus said, Father, it's time. Display the bright splendor of your Son so the Son in turn may show your bright splendor. You put Him in charge of everything human so He might give real and eternal life to all in His care. And this is the real and eternal life, that they know you, the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. I glorify you on earth by completing down to the last detail what you assigned me to do. And now, Father, glorify me with your very... Own splendor, the very splendor I had in your presence before there was a world. Anne Lamont said, There's really only three prayers. There's really only three prayers. Help me, thank you, and wow. Help me, thank you, and wow. What I want to suggest today is as we pray like Jesus, as we pray for ourselves we use that same pattern, help me, thank you, and wow. So first we pray help me prayers. You see here at the beginning of John 17, Jesus lifts his eyes to heaven. He prays to his heavenly father for strength to endure everything that he is about to endure. What's true for Jesus should be true for us. We pray to our Heavenly Father also. Our Heavenly Father is His Heavenly Father. We pray to the same Father, and we pray, help me. I want to suggest something to you. When you pray, help me prayers, be yourself. You're looking at me right now like, who else am I going to be, Mike? (laughs) Here's what I mean. Pray for what matters to you, not what you think should matter to you. Pray for what you care about, not what you think a good Christian should care about. Pray from where you're at, not where you think a well-behaved person would be at. Talk like you talk. Don't talk how you think God would want you to talk. He just wants to have a conversation. Be Yourself. When you pray help me prayers, pray for what matters to you, not what you think should matter to you. Very important. One of my most memorable help me prayers happened in Halifax, Nova Scotia a few years ago. Our son Lucas was playing basketball at the University of Calgary, played for the Dinos. They had a really, really good team that year. And I knew that the national championship was in Halifax, so as soon as Calgary won the Canada West Championship, I booked my trip, I went out to watch. I'm so glad I did. You know, it's amazing. The Canadian University Basketball Championships, only eight teams make it from all across Canada, which is bad news and it's good news. The the bad news is every team there is really, really good because it's difficult to get into. But here's the good news. In a single elimination tournament, you win three games, you win the national championship. So man, it was so awesome being there. I remember the first game, tough, tough draw. Calgary was playing against Brock University from St. Catharines, Ontario. Man, oh man, Lucas played the absolute game of his life. He was MVP of the game. Calgary squeaked by, one by two points. Second game, they played McGill from Montreal. McGill wasn't very good that day. We beat them by a lot, okay? So now we're in the national final. It's against Ryerson from Toronto. You know what I'm saying we. I was out there playing. No, I wasn't, okay? So uh, we're, we're playing against Ryerson from Toronto, you know? It was so close, so stressful, so nerve-wracking. So nerve-wracking, in fact, that at the beginning of the third quarter, I prayed a prayer that I have never prayed in my entire life. In fact, at the beginning of the third quarter at the Scotia Bank Center in Halifax, Nova Scotia, I prayed a prayer that I've spent most of my life making fun of people for praying. I prayed that my kids' team would win the game, okay? <laughs> you got to understand, I've never prayed that prayer. I, I've coached thousands of games in my life. When parents of players who I coach would pray that prayer, I would always make fun of them. I'd be like, man, I sure hope parents from the other team aren't praying too because then we're going to see who God likes better, okay? <laughs> so anyways, I prayed that my kids' team would win the game. Thousands of people in the Scotia Bank Center, but there, in that moment, I felt it was just God and me. And I was like, hey, God, you're not going to believe what I'm going to pray. I pray that Calgary would win this game. And further, God, I pray that Lucas would be instrumental in the victory so he would know that they could not have won the game without him. Okay, so last 90 seconds of the national championship game, Lucas hits two massive shots, scores six points in the last 90 seconds, Calgary wins by two, wins the national championship. Hold it. Some of you are looking at me right now and you're saying, come on, Mike. Like, what is the result of a little basketball game? What does it really matter in the big scheme of things? It doesn't matter whether it matters. All that matters is, in that moment, it mattered to me. And so I brought it to my dad. I brought it to my Heavenly Father, and I think he answered my prayer. All due respect to Calgary, they were really, really good. All due respect to Lucas, he's a great basketball player, but I believe God answered my prayer. When you come to your Heavenly Father and pray, help me. Pray for what matters to you, not what you think should matter. Every day of my life, I pray that God would help me to get good at golf. I do. Which is probably a good time to mention this. Sometimes God, well, God always answers. Sometimes his answer is yes. Sometimes his answer is no. And sometimes his answer is not yet. I'm choosing to believe my golf game, his answer is not yet. Okay, that it's coming. Here's the thing. God's not interested in meeting with a person you're pretending to be. He knows you fully and completely. But here's what happens. When you bring real you into a relationship with God, When you pray as you are, you begin to know him better. He knows you fully, completely. loves you totally. But when you bring real you to him, you get to know him better. And as you know God better, you know what happens? The stuff that matters to you starts to change just a little bit. Gets a little bit deeper. Goes beyond the physical into the spiritual. See, every morning of my life, I pray, Father, would you open my eyes today? Like really, really open my spiritual eyes to actually see people, you know? To see needs. And then give me the courage and give me the generosity to do my best to meet those needs. Every single day I pray this. God, help me today to live from, from, from your approval so that I can be a blessing to others. God, help me today to live from your approval, deep, deep, deep inside, so that I can be a blessing to others. Because you know what happens to me if I don't do that? Next thing you know, I'm living for the approval of people looking for them to bless me. And that's not the way that God created me to live. See, just like Jesus prayed, we need to pray for ourselves. The first prayer we pray is, help me, help me. Pray for what matters to you, not what you think should matter to you. The the second prayer we pray is thank you, thank you, thank you. Gratitude is huge. You probably know that already. Gratitude is the number one key to a successful life, an effective life, and a joyful life. Gratitude is the number one key to an effective life, a successful life, and a joyful life. And yet, you and I, we live in a world where there are forces, powerful forces, physical and spiritual forces, that are looking to make you feel discontent, angry, and afraid. Like, there's billions and billions and billions of dollars at stake. If they can make you feel discontent, angry, and afraid. And, and yet we choose to be grateful. It's so important to pray thank you prayers. I find it real difficult at times. I think it would be fair to say that I'm someone who kind of leans forward into life. I want to take ground, you know? I'm going to seize opportunities. I want to overcome obstacles. And so as I'm doing that, I pray. I pray, God, help me to take ground. Help me to take ground in this situation. And what's the old saying? It says, uh, pray as if it all depends on God, and then work as if it all depends on you. Okay, so I do. I I pray, and then I get to work. And one of the things I've noticed about life, you've probably noticed this too, there's always more ground to take. Have you ever noticed that? There's always another obstacle, there's always another opportunity. And so what can happen is I can just lean forward, lean forward, lean forward, lean forward, lean forward, take ground, take ground, take ground. And that's all good, by the way. But it's imperative that every, every once in a while, you call time out. In the midst of leaning forward, you decide to look back and say thanks. Hey, it's good to lean forward and take ground, but it's great to look back and say thanks. About seven years ago, Kurt and I looked around this church, Southside. We were meeting at Sardis Secondary back then and we just saw an answer to so many prayers. There's all these men and women showing up at church, many of them young, and they're meeting Jesus. and and choosing to follow Jesus. And we saw their lives being changed. We saw their marriages being changed. We saw their families being changed. It was so incredible. And for so many of these people who showed up and met Jesus, they were the first one in their entire family ever to follow Jesus. No church background at all. So we were really grateful, you know, but also a little bit concerned because Corinne and I were looking at each other saying, well, who's going to cheer them on? Who's going to answer their questions? Who's going to coach them? Who's going to encourage them? And so Corinne, my wife, began specifically to pray that God would send coaches and mentors and encouragers. And it was just a few months ago, Corinne and I looked at each other, and we saw tangibly in real time, we've seen God answer that prayer. So many times I'll be standing out in the lobby and I'll meet somebody and I'll say, hey, what are you doing here? Usually a little bit more polite than that, right? But like, hey, what brings you here? Whatever, okay. And so, um, but, but so often it's people that have been following Jesus for decades and their answer goes something like this. I don't know what I'm doing here. I just felt like I was supposed to show up and I love it. I want you to know if that's you, you are an answer to prayer. In fact, here's the truth. No matter Where you're at, whether you're watching online, whether you're here in person, you're an answer to prayer. If you're still checking out the whole Jesus thing, if you're still checking out the whole Jesus thing, you're an answer to prayer. I can't believe you're here. How cool and courageous is that? powerful prayer that you can pray, by the way, is just this. Say, hey, God, God, if you're real, show me. I know for sure he will answer that prayer and I know for sure his answer will be yes because the Bible says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you're brand new to Jesus and you're the first one in your whole family to follow him, you're an answer to prayer. If you've been following Jesus for decades, you are an answer to prayer. And for you, I say, thank you. It's good to lean forward, take ground. but It's also so important to look back and say thanks. Or just one more thank you prayer I want to mention before I move to the last section. Jesus says in his prayer, Father, everything you gave me to do, I completed down to the last detail. There's something really beautiful about that. The Bible talks about this idea of pray without ceasing, pray without ceasing, pray without ceasing. That's when you invite God into every moment of your day. Every second, every minute, every hour, every moment of my day. I give this to you, God. I've looked back and I've said thanks, and I trust you. So take my life, take my day, and use me. Use me. Help me to see like you see. Help me to do what you say today, God. If we're going to pray like Jesus, number one, we need to be willing to pray, help me. Pray for what matters to you, not what you think should matter. We need to pray, thank you, thank you. It's important to look back and say thanks. And thirdly, help me, thank you, and wow. Wow is a prayer of wonder. Wow is a prayer of awe. Jesus said it this way, and now, Father, glorify me with your very own splendor, the very splendor I had in your presence before there was a world. Wow is wonder, wow is awe, but I tell you something. You gotta watch for the wonder in your life. If you don't watch for the wonder, you're gonna miss a whole bunch of miracles. Many of you know who Maddie Hardy is. She's our kids director, part of our amazing Southside Kids team. But many, many years before she became our Southside Kids director, she was like part of our family, you know? She's our daughter, one of our daughter, Emma's best friends, so she's just like part of us. I remember a few years back, it was my day off, so it was a Friday, and I was having my afternoon nap, and Karen came into the room where I was napping, and she woke me up and she was crying, like, I mean, just sobbing. And she said, Maddie went into the hospital, and they thought she had problems with her gallbladder, and so they ran a bunch of tests. And then the doctor came back after he ran the tests, and he said, um, you have cancer. It's untreatable. There's nothing we can do. You need to just go home and prepare to die. And so we started to pray. Kern and me, and then obviously thousands and thousands of people around this world were praying for Maddie. We were praying for her, but we were also praying for ourselves, you know? Because we knew how beautiful this world is with Maddie in it. And how beautiful life is with Maddie as a part of it. So we prayed. And I remember those hours just kind of going by like a blur so I don't even know how many hours it was but we got news and the news was a second doctor had come in and, and the second doctor had run a lot of the same tests that the first doctor ran plus a couple extra tests and this doctor came back and said oh no this is treatable this is treatable we can fight And I remember one of the first things I did was I, I phoned our son, Lucas. We had asked Lucas if he would come home from Calgary. We wanted to gather the whole family up just to pray and to be there for Maddie. So Lucas was driving from Calgary to Chilliwack. And I called him and I, I told him the good news, you know? The second doctor said, there's, there, this is treatable, you know? That we can fight, that Maddie can fight. And we just rejoiced about that for a while. And then Lucas said something along these lines. He said, you know what I want to do? I want to find that first doctor and punch him in the head. And I said, amen. Couldn't agree more, man. Could not agree more. I want to punch that first doctor in the head. Like, how could he be so wrong? How could he be so stupid? How could he tell her that the cancer is untreatable when it's not? How could he say that her next step, her only next step, is to go home and get ready to die? How could he be so wrong? So then I said something to Lucas, like, see you in nine hours. He was driving through the Rocky Mountains, and I was excited to see him in Chilliwack. And then I went on with my day. And I was walking around the offices. If you're new to Southside, you should know this. Our offices used to be a helicopter hangar. You've missed some wild times, okay? So anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm walking around that helicopter hangar, and God stopped me. And I still remember the moment every hair on my body stood up. And God said, the first doctor wasn't wrong. The first doctor wasn't wrong. He said, people around the world prayed for a miracle. You prayed for the untreatable, untreatable to become treatable. You prayed for the impossible to become possible. The first doctor wasn't wrong. Do you get what I'm saying? If you don't don't watch for the wow, you're gonna miss a bunch of miracles in this life. I remember the day that Maddie showed up at church. They let her out of her cancer treatment for like four hours. She was allowed to come to church and she just wanted to sing. So she stood up on the stage and she sang. And I remember the lyrics of that song she sang. It said, far be it from me to not believe, even when my eyes can't see. And this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. Through it all, through it all, My eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you, and it is well with me. So let go my soul and trust in him. The waves and wind still know his name. Now that line from that song comes from this story when Jesus is out on the Sea of Galilee with his disciples, and this huge storm blows up, and all the disciples are freaking out and freaking out, and Jesus stands up and says to the wind and the waves, peace be still. Boom, dead calm. And the disciples look at Jesus and say, Who is this? The waves and the wind obey him. Someone recorded that moment when Maddie sang that song, and so I thought I would just play a little bit for you today.
0: Far be it for me to not believe Even when my eyes can't see And this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea.
1: Maddie, in that moment as she took her four-hour break from her cancer treatment saying, far be it for me to not believe, even when my eyes can't see. And this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. I remember the night that we went to Maddie's room in the oncology department in Abbotsford Hospital, and we prayed for her because they had found a tumor all the way around her heart. And we prayed that that tumor would break up and be gone. And the next scan they did, that tumor was gone. And I remember when they declared Maddie cancer-free. About two years earlier than they normally do so, they declared her cancer-free. And one of the things that perplexed them was they were looking for where the cancer all started, but they never could find it. I know where it was. It started right here, but that tumor was long gone. So when Maddie was declared cancer-free, we gathered at our house, about 30 of us. And Corinne gave us all the Sharpie, and we went down to the dried-out part of the better River bed. And each of us took a stone, and we wrote with our Sharpie on the stone. And then we built a monument of, wow, a monument of remembrance, you know? And I wrote a bunch of stuff on my stone, but I remember one thing that I wrote. I wrote this. Help me, thank you, wow, wow, wow. See, here's what I think. I think you gotta watch for the wow in your life. You're gonna miss the miracles. Can I give you a couple of suggestions? If there's a newborn baby somewhere in your family, Can can you try to take the opportunity sometime today or in this week and just hold that little baby and say, wow. Can you look up to the mountains this afternoon and say, wow. A few weeks ago, Corinne and I were back in Red Deer, Alberta for the first time in years and years and years. And so we're sitting there in the third floor of this hotel in our room and we both get an alert on our phones and, 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 and the alert says, tornado warning for Red Deer. And we're like, what else is new? I mean, welcome to summer in Red Deer, okay? And so we sat at the window of our hotel room and and we just watched the sky. The, The thunder and the lightning and the power. And I remember one of the titles given to God in the Old Testament is Rider of the Ancient Skies. Rider of the Ancient Skies. And I said, wow. Think of your family and say, wow. Think of the plan that he has for your eternity and say, wow. See, when we pray for ourselves, we need to pray, help me. We need to pray, thank you, but we also need to pray, wow. I ask the band to come up and play a song as I prepare to close like the beginning of the be- anyways It's the song that Maddie sang years ago So here's the thing just like for many of you this week for me has been real hard This has been a really really hard week I I've been looking around the world this week and man there's a lot of hurt there's a lot of hurt. I met with hurting people this week who were really thinking they're at the point now where they're hurt beyond the passive of any hope of repair. I met with people about their marriage who were thinking, man, there's so much water underneath that bridge that there's no more hope. I met with moms and dads this week talking about their kids, and they're in pain because their kids are in pain. They're suffering because their kids are suffering. And I met with a father whose daughter died at the end of July in an accident. And I just look around, and my physical eyes, man, all I can see is the hurt and all I can see is the pain, and all I can see is the suffering. And and for us, this last week as a family has been really, really, really hard. And I'll tell you what happens to me in weeks like this. Superficial Mike? Physical Mike? Natural Mike. Well, I get it. So anxious. So I woke up at about four o'clock this morning and I was praying for you. I was praying for us, you know. And and that moment of Maddie singing that song kept coming back to me. Far be it for me to not believe, even when my eyes don't see. And this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. Why? Because the waves and the wind still know his name. He's here, he loves you, he's for you. So as the band comes up to sing, we're actually gonna stay seated. And what what I would invite you to do is just pray. Where do you need help? Where do you need a miracle? Where do you need God to make the impossible possible? As the band sings, I just pray that you would, or just ask that you would reach out to your Heavenly Father.
0: we calmed and broken from my regard, and through it all, through
1: Pray. me bow your heads and close your eyes. The first prayer that we pray is help me. Help me. So I wanna talk to you whether you're watching online or in person right now. The first step to God your heavenly Father helping you has already been completed. He sent his son. Jesus died so that your sins could be forgiven, so that your hurts could be healed, so that you could get past your past. He rose again so that you could live. Eternal life that starts now and stretches into forever. Everything that needed to be done for your salvation has been completed. If today is the day you want to accept that gift that God has already given, I just want to ask you with heads bowed and eyes closed, just raise your hand right now, nice and high, so I can pray for you, please. It's amazing. If you're watching online and today is your day, I would just love it if you could raise your hand too, if it's safe to do so. There's something powerful about an outward expression of that inward commitment. Okay, you can put your hands down. I'm gonna pray out loud as you pray in your heart. So Jesus, I thank you. Heavenly Father, I say help me. Forgive my sins, give me a fresh start today, right now, this moment. Thank you that you died for just that. And I thank you also that you rose again. I pray that you would give me life, the life that I was created to live, starting now and stretching into forever. Thank you in your name. I wanna talk to the rest of you. I just felt this morning as I was praying to give you this opportunity. I think there's people here today, in person and also watching online, your prayer is simple, it's help me, help me, help me. You need the impossible to become possible. You need the improbable, improbable to become reality. You need your heavenly father to intercede in real ways. And I'm gonna give you the opportunity in just a moment to stand up, because I wanna pray for you. But before I do that, I just wanna say one more thing. Maybe you're here today and you almost feel ashamed that you're praying for whatever that old thing is again, that habit you just can't kick. Do you understand? God is not impatient with you. He's not exasperated with you. He will never be exasperated with you. He loves you fully, completely, and totally. So if there's something on your heart right now that you want to just stand up and say, Heavenly Father, I need your help. I want to pray for you also. So why don't you stand up right now so I can pray for you. God, you see into every life, all the people standing up in this room, all the people standing up online or later as they listen to the podcast. Father, we need your help. We need your help. We love you and we trust you. And we know you are a healer. We know that you are a restorer. We know that you are faithful. But specifically, God, as much as we know that sometimes you answer on this side of eternity and sometimes you answer on the other, I'm praying specifically today that you would intercede on this side of eternity, that you would do a miracle in every single situation. You are so great, you are so good. We love you, we we need you. And God, we'll be careful to live a life of gratitude, to watch for the wow, and to tell the world about our God of miracles. We love you. We praise you. We trust you. In your name, we pray. And everybody said, we'll see you next week. I love you.
0: Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.